Good morning, everyone. We're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. Scripture today is coming from Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse number 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people, Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child and Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord came. The angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. The three reactions we see of people to Christ is much like the reactions we see in the world today. The first thing I want you to see is the reaction of the wicked. We see Herod's reaction, a man of hate. Caesar said he would rather be his pig than his son. See, Herod murdered anyone that he felt threatened his throne. He murdered his sons, his wife. Josephus said he murdered the Sadducees, possibly the chief priest mentioned later in this passage, and appointed his own. In verse 13, we find that he indeed wanted to kill Jesus. And the world has the same reaction to Christ today. Many people wish that Christ had never been born. They don't want you to mention Christ. They don't want us to celebrate Christmas. They find it offensive to them. They want to destroy Christ. But just as Herod couldn't destroy Christ, he certainly made an attempt. The world today cannot destroy Christ. There's many that have great objection. They hate us as Christians. They want to keep us from being able to have church, from getting together and worship Him. They don't want us to be able to pray. They don't want us to be able to celebrate our Savior. They hate Him with every fiber of their being. And Herod certainly hated Christ the same way. They don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want to hear about what He did. And to accept Christ, you do have to make a sacrifice. You have to give up something. What is that? You have to give up the control of your life. See, as Herod seen Christ as a threat to the throne, today, if you're lost, if you're doing for yourself, you're doing what you want to, Christ is a threat to the throne that you're sitting on because Christ 
desires to take control, to be Lord of your life. We see the reaction of the wicked, but also you see the reaction of the world. But you see the chief priests and scribes in verse number 5. They knew who Jesus was. They knew all about Him. They knew where He was to be born, but they were indifferent. They did not care about the Savior. Many people, as we just celebrated Christmas, they put up a Christmas tree. They strung lights on it. They had a great celebration. They had many, many gifts under the tree, and they would call themselves a Christian, but they were indifferent to the reason that Christ came. They were indifferent to the reason that He was born. They were indifferent to the fact that we celebrate Christmas as a honor, as a celebration of the birth of our Savior. Many people today are indifferent. They just don't care. They didn't have a desire to go see Christ. They didn't have a desire to go meet Him. They knew about Him, but they did not take Him any further. That was the reaction of the world. They were comfortable with what they had. They'd been appointed by the King. He took care of them. They didn't see a need for a Savior. But I'm glad, I'm glad we see the reaction of the wise men. There's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of talk about who these men were. They say they were astronomers as they followed the star. Many say they were kings. There's even a song that calls them three kings of Orient. But I like what the Bible says. The Bible says they are wise men. They are wise men. And I tell you today, people that are wise, they still seek the Savior. They still want to go see him in verse number 10 we see the reaction when they got to him they rejoiced they were glad to see the savior they brought costly gifts they brought gifts that cost them a great amount of money what were those gifts those gifts were gold frankincense and myrrh there's been much discussion over the generations and centuries of what those gifts meant what they represent h.a ironside said that Gold represents his divine nature and his righteousness. He said frankincense represents the fragrance of his human life and myrrh his sacrificial death. F.W. Borham suggested that perhaps one would bring gold because he realized he needed a king. The world needed a king. One might bring frankincense because he believed that the world needed a priest. And another would bring myrrh because what he believed, he believed that the world needed a Savior. Need a Savior. All these are good thoughts. The Bible does not clearly tell us why they brought the gifts that they brought. But I want to talk to you just a second this morning about my practical reasoning for these gifts. I would say that the first two were very practical. I have a eight-month-old little boy at home and if you brought me gold at his birth or a little bit after his birth, I might take and start a college fund. I might put it back, put it in a piggy bank and save it for expenses that would come up that would arise buying clothes or whatever he might need. It would be a very, very practical gift if you brought me gold. If you brought me frankincense, that would also be another practical gift, something I could use if you don't understand if you've not had children if you don't understand why i could use such a fragrant thing i would invite you to come by whenever he's filled up a diaper and you'd understand why i would appreciate having something that smells good something to cover that odor but it would be offensive if you brought myrrh 
It would be offensive. It would probably make me mad. See, myrrh was used as an embalming fluid. We believe that they put it in the layers of cloth as they wrapped up the body as a very fragrant, very bitter spice, and it helped mask the odor of death. It was an embalming fluid used at the time of birth. I believe there's no doubt that myrrh was brought to our Savior because this a child was born for a purpose. He was born for a reason. That was to die. To pay the price for my sins, to pay the price for your sins, to pay the price for the whole world's sins. Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Christ came to die for you. He came to die for me. He came to die for the whole world. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Let's not forget, as we just finished celebrating Christmas, let's not forget the true reason, the true meaning of Christmas, the greatest gift the world has ever been given. That is the gift of a Savior. That is the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one that came, he lived and he came to die. And on the third day, he rose again. If you've not accepted him as your savior this morning, I would greatly encourage you to accept him, to accept the price that he paid on Calvary as full payment for your sins. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We pray that this morning's message has been a blessing to you. If you don't have a home church, I would invite you to come by and join us at Riverside Baptist Church, 871 Riverside Drive, Asheville, North Carolina. Our worship hour starts at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. We have a Bible study on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We hope to see you there. God bless.